going on, guys? Do not mind the uh, the washer going on in the background, but I just wanted to kind of pop in here, obviously, during our intro and just talk, uh, do some housekeeping things. Uh, we are, it's hard to believe it's March already. I don't know about you guys. I can tell that uh, crossover season, and for some of you, including myself and everybody else that's in uh, our place in Livonia, uh, it's a mega crossover season. So... I can tell basically by the uh, listens, uh, which I mean, that's the reason why we have seasons format. And that's why we can, uh, you guys will have the opportunity to catch up maybe in April or something like that. April or May, whenever you guys get um, some more time, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to get that out there. We're doing okay. Um, I know that today we've got the NAI men's and i think women as well if i'm not mistaken but i deal with more with men's basketball uh national selection show um i hope you guys everybody in the nai hope uh hope you make it hope you have some fun during this championship season we also got indoor track and field nationals going on right now you've got a couple qualifiers out there um all sorts of we got our first ever football game happening on saturday actually so that'll be interesting to see um can't be there though which really sucks but what can you do? I can't, I can't do everything, you know, sometimes. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Some Patreon supporters I want to thank. Um, and you can do this by going to patreon.com slash SIDcast. Become one of our patrons. Three and five dollar pledges. If you're also on our newsletter list, you can do that by SIDcast.substack.com. Uh, there's a link to our Patreon. Uh, and you can pledge there. What this does is it keeps the uh, keeps the show going whenever we do have an extended period to where you don't have an episode like you will probably April. Well, basically after next week, the rest of this month, April, May, and then I'm a, maybe half of June, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm still kind of finalizing in my head when exactly I'm going to do the uh, fifth season of SID cast. Um, it will be in the summer. I just don't know specifically when. So, um, yeah, anyway, I want to get back to thanking our patrons, Eric Gibson, Alec Morgan, Tyler Stutsky, Roger Horn, and Jay Stancil. Um, again, I got the, I got the newsletter in there. What else do we got? Social media at sports info cast. They haven't freed up at SID cast just yet. I promise that when I do, I'm going to be all over it. And that's going to be a, that's going to be ours. So if you've seen the uh, Ed Orgeron, uh, gif, or the clip of he saying we coming that that's basically me right now. So, um, just waiting for that to finally free up. We're also close to a thousand, uh, followers on Twitter. Uh, I appreciate that. I obviously don't expect to get that anytime very soon, but we are very close. We're just over 900, I believe. So I remember when we had a light goal or a follow goal of 500. Um, I understand that follows aren't everything, uh, especially in this day and age, but, a thousand is obviously a nice round number to have. Um, yeah, today we have Alicia Alexander of Lewis Clark State. Uh, that's out in Idaho. Um, we talk a lot about how the comfort level of coming from basically a, a, a very urban part of the country that you'll come to find out to going to someplace like Lewiston, um, even the stop she made before then. Uh, was a little bit challenging for her because it was different than anything she had ever encountered. So getting out there, uh, and I'll just kind of leave it like this, um, fight like a girl, basically. Uh, keep showing up every day. We'll have that sort of discussion uh, and so much more. But we will start off episode, I believe this is 172 of SID Cast with Alicia Alexander, the Lewis Clark State Warriors. 
and uh, her sport background growing up right here on SID Cast. So I obviously never knew. Most people don't know what an SID is until you get to college. Even mm-hmm. then, you, a lot of people don't know what an SID is. Um, I played softball growing up, and I always had this fascination with um, pictures in the stories. We were, I mean, my sister and I were back girls and Titan Tuppies for the Cal State Fullerton softball team. Um, so we were always going to games. We'd sit in the dugout, and we always got free media guides. And I just loved them. I didn't know. What, I don't know what the draw was. I just remember loving the graphics on the cover and just read. I read them cover to cover every year. I still have them. Um, and looking at the website and looking at the bios. And then fast forward to high school. I've been playing softball still my entire life. I ran into some health issues to where the doctor said, yeah, probably not a good idea to keep playing competitively or else you're going to get hurt. Or mm-hmm. um, I just, my body was kind of just saying, stop doing this kind of stuff. So I was the manager and I said, hey, I'm going to make this the most fun that I can and make this a fun experience for the girls. So I was taking pictures. I was doing our scorebook. I was running our social media just like an SID does. Still didn't know what an SID was at the time. Um, And I just loved doing that. I loved seeing the girls' faces when they saw the pictures that I took or uh, having the parents interact on our Facebook page. And I I loved the numbers doing the scorebook. Got to college, wanted to be a part of the softball team kind of as a manager, but I needed a job and it wasn't possible to do both where I was at. Started working for the athletic department, was majoring in sport management, thought maybe I'll be an agent or I'll be a sports broadcaster. Um, But all of our game management ran through the SID, Brian Gall at the time. Um, And that's when I figured out what an SID was. And I started off taking pictures. I, you know, was a floor sweep. Um, I ended up getting bumped to the table one day. I remember we were having, uh, it was, I think it was basketball. And I looked at the schedule for the week and it had me on scorebook. And I was like, hold on. I've never touched a basketball scorebook ever. <laughs> I played softball. That's in growing up, especially in high school in Southern California, you don't play multiple sports. Your coach, I mean, I had coaches say like, if you want to play two sports, you're not going to be on varsity, that kind of stuff. So I learned real quick how to do basketball scorebook. And I see your face. Yeah, I know that because that's so wild to me. Because because I, I grew up here in the Midwest, to where like if you didn't play multiple mm-hmm. sports, like that that meant you probably were not invested in being you know a well-rounded. I mean that's a that's just cool. That's yeah. to me that's kind of like a sociological like there's two school of thoughts in two different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. That's just cool to me. Well, I mean our high school was my graduating class was 900 kids. Mm-hmm. So they had the talent to fill a whole team without people playing multiple sports. So they wanted you to focus. And obviously, I mean, every athlete I deal with here, they played multiple sports and studies have shown that's the thing to do. So it was just kind of crazy to deal with that. I mean, I wanted to play volleyball. I wanted to play basketball, but I wanted to play softball more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I learned how to do scorebook real fast um, at Concordia. That transitioned over to volleyball scorebook. So I was doing a lot of stuff at the table. They throw me on scorebook. Uh, scoreboard every now and then and I hated that <laughs> that was awful I hated scoreboard um and then when baseball and softball rolled around I still had that that itch to do some kind of broadcast so they would let me do the baseball and softball games I'd call those sometimes on my own sometimes with 
with someone who didn't necessarily know the game as well. And it was kind of fun being in that role as a, as a female, mm-hmm. just because I was calling a game with one of our men's basketball players one time. It was a baseball game we were the, where we used to call used to be, gosh, way, way out in dead center field, but just back by our library. We were so far away. You, could, you couldn't tell who was up to bat unless you were looking at the stats. And there was a runner on, one runner on, and guy hits a home run. And this student worker that I was a really good friend of mine still on the radio, there's a two-run grand slam. And I look at him, and I'm like, you're making us look bad. And even his mom sent him a text, oh, yeah. and she's like, sweetie, that's all. But then it was a doubleheader because we played a lot of those then. Um, a security guard pulls up, and he's just like, oh, you know how to call a baseball game? And I was like, you should be asking the kid next to me. I know how to call a baseball game. But it, 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 the interest just kept building and building from there. Um, I got close to graduation, and they gave me more responsibilities. And finally, RSID left. He went to go work in Gonzaga. Um, and we had this role where we didn't have an SID. And I talked to the AD before the semester started and said, hey, I want to be a grad assistant. What do I need to do? And he was just like, well, you just need to ask, and we'll let you be a grad assistant because I've been in the department you know, my entire undergrad. Uh-huh. Um, and in that role where we didn't have an SID, I kind of was able to step up a little bit and help fill the gaps with the other, we had some, we had a couple of GAs, so it was my one semester before being a GA. So it was myself and then we had two of them, two of us just kind of running everything. And we learned a lot doing that. Um, and then became a GA and was doing that for about a year and a half. And I, uh, there was an opening at the school my sister worked at, which is a D3 school, Claremont, uh, Claremont Mud Scripps. And jumped over there for a semester, and then I ended up in Idaho. And um, it was a little weird transition. It wasn't the greatest of environments, just because of who I was working with. We did not mesh well. I feel like, I mean, you're going to have that in a lot of places. Um, And he ended up leaving, and they scrapped my position. They wanted to make it part-time. They had me hourly as it was, which is always hard in sports information to be hourly. Mm -hmm. So... Once they, once he left and they scrapped my position, I just kind of, I panicked a little. Um, a friend of mine, one of my, one of the guys I was a GA with, actually he went here, he went, he played basketball here at Lewis Clark State. And they were looking for an SID and um, he's now the SID at Santa Ana College, at Juco back in Southern California. And the AD reached out to him and he basically pointed her in my direction and flew up here for an interview, my first trip to Idaho. And about a month later, I was living in Idaho. Yeah. It's kind of the same situation a lot of people are in now to where a lot of people's positions aren't really re-upped, you know, because I was in that, Mm -hmm. I was in that situation as well. And many people know this and I probably sound like a broken record to some people, but, but like, this is something you're just going to have to deal with. But like when I was at Indiana, obviously my position came to an end, you know, very, very quickly, uh, Mm -hmm. a lot more suddenly, um, it was like a sudden but slow death, if that made sense. And it was, it was kind of a sour feeling that I had. Um, and I know, and I know, and I know that feeling all too well, and that you're talking about to where you're like, "What the hell do I do?" And now that we got mm-hmm. people kind of going through that as well. Uh, hopefully, it's gotten a lot better. I mean, I haven't been, I haven't needed a job in almost six months now. So, um, I, I know. And I'm bringing this up because, like, when that feeling happened and I had to ask myself, you know, many, many different questions, many different questions. And it was such a, like, an introspective uh, 
interview with myself basically. And I was like, well, what else can I do? What else am I good at? And, and my fiance, Morgan, she's like, uh, you're really, really good at graphic design. I really think you should look into that. So I looked into that and I looked in, at being, I was like, but I got to stay in sport else. I'm not going to be engaged in any of my work like at all. And uh, I was like, I'll, I saw a job opening for a, a ballpark uh, maintenance. And I was like, oh, if I had to do that, like, I mean, that's fine too. But I know that feeling all too well. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of people in that boat right now. What would you say to those right now kind of going through the motion of the ocean right now um, who are going through that exact feeling that we're talking about right now? Uh, you, I lost you at the very beginning. Are you asking what I would say? Yes. I mean, there's always opportunities. And this is something that I learned a lot um, going through school. I didn't mention, I did pretty much every internship that came my way, I grabbed. Um, when I was with Concordia, we hosted the PacWest tournament when we made the transition to D2. So we hosted it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. um, and they, my boss kind of pulled me aside and said, you're going to work with them instead of working with the rest of the student workers. And I was able to talk to them a lot and turn that into an opportunity for an internship with the conference. Um, I would, I remember I wanted to work in summer collegiate baseball and I did that for four summers and it started with me cold calling teams saying, Hey, do you have an internship open? Um, and I was able to catch a team that was in his first year and I was with them for two years. And then the, the league we were in asked me to run the league. Media, so I did that for two years. So just kind of making your, you kind of, I don't know. It's hard right now because you can't necessarily always make the opportunities, but you can at least make the effort to find the opportunities. Um, when I was in that position, when I was in between jobs, I mean, I was looking at anything from, like you said, ballpark maintenance. I was on so many different websites looking at something that I wanted because I knew I didn't want to go the route of finding a job that will just hold me over until something opens up because so many people get stuck in that lull of they're just going to stay, they end up staying there in a job they're not happy with. And I didn't want to do something that was going to make me unhappy. I'd worked hard enough as it was um, in my undergrad and then as a grad assistant to do a job that I wanted to do. I didn't want to be that statistic where with sport management, you see a lot where you end up not working in job in sports. Yeah, I looked through percent. my uh, LinkedIn of my college uh, <laughs> students, like my college like classmates the other day, and I was like, none of you, none of you are yeah. working in sport right now. <laughs> There's so many, like pretty much everybody that I graduated with, I can't think of any of them, maybe one of them that's working in sports. No, and she wasn't even sport manager. She was just straight business. Mm. They ended up doing the most random things. And I said, I love sports my entire life. I'm not going to settle for anything that I don't want to do. Um, and it was funny because about a month before I had wrapped up at CMS, my friend who went here was like, hey, would you ever consider moving to Idaho? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> born and raised in Southern California. I went to school in Southern California. Why would I want to leave the beach and go to Idaho? Why would I want to leave Disneyland? Um, but then I lost my job. And then I thought about it. And, you know, Lewiston, that it's that we host the NAI World Series, which is mm -hmm. a huge, it's such pretty, a huge it's part of my cool. life. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, I was like, okay, that's kind of a draw. Um, it's out of Southern California, which I, it was time to get out of Southern California. It just You've, everybody's seen what's going on in California. It's not the best place right now. Um, so I kind of just had to take that chance. And that's something I think that that's what I would say to people who are kind of in the same situation is sometimes you just kind of got to make the jump. Um, my He was my boyfriend at the time. He moved up six months after I did. He just wanted to get settled and get a place and make sure I liked it here. And then he followed, um, he followed and came up here um, right after Christmas that year. And 
you know, it's been almost three years up here and it was terrifying. I was on my, I was living on my own. I was 23 at the time when I moved and it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. I think I've grown up so much being here. You think you grow up in college, but move a thousand miles away by yourself. And I'll tell you, you grew up real fast. Yeah, you're kind of you're you're kind of putting yourself in that position, and I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. And I know that we've talked a lot this season just about about comfort levels. Um, I can tell you as as well, like when it, there's there's so much to how I got here, Madonna. Like there there's mm-hmm. so much well, that happened behind the scenes. Like y'all have no idea. Mm-hmm. Just I, I don't know. I don't know how specific I can get, but the strings. I had to be pulled to get up here. And there was mm-hmm. one point to where I was offered this and all of a sudden it was rescinded. If, but by no one's fault of their own, by no one's fault of their own other than COVID and mm-hmm. you know what was going on with that. Um, when that happened, I had already, I, I'm, I'm sitting in my home office right now and my side business there behind me. I already rented this place. I already put down everything. I already put down a deposit. We were ready to move, you know, any day. Mm-hmm. And then this happened. And my parents approached me and they're like, hey, if you don't have this job, like you need to think about, and, and you know, parents, I was, I'm, I'm 25 now. Like, I, I don't, it's like, but they're still going to be your parents. And they came in and they just said, like, you need to think about, you know, doing something else. Um, they suggested working at Lowe's for a little bit. And I, you know, I had the same thing you had in my head, like, no, I've worked too damn hard. I've been too many damn places doing too many damn cool things for me. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but to me, I knew my worth and I knew where I wanted to go and I wasn't going to settle for that. So my fiance and I, we sat there at the table. She got me a pizza and we were sitting there drinking and, and she's like, what are you thinking? Just like right off the bat, as soon as we opened it, I said, we're going to go. And that was when I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything guaranteed up here. And I said, we're going to go, and I'm going to trust my gut on this. And lo and behold, the Saturday before, I, I, I got a call Saturday, started Monday, saying, hey, come into HR, 9 a.m. Sometimes you just got to trust your gut on these things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... It was terrifying and it was definitely a place I'd never been before. It snows here. That was new. Um, but I couldn't pass up the opportunity to one venture out on my own and not be an assistant, like step out of the shadow and have the opportunity to, I mean, the world series, the NAIA world series, how cool is that? And just be able to put that on a resume and say that I did it by myself. So, and I mean, they, you always think of things as a stepping stone and, this, whether or not I stay here long term, this has been an incredible experience. I had this discussion the other day. I think it was, <clears throat> excuse me, actually yesterday uh, with our women's basketball coach. We were just talking about because what was going on in the Capitol was really, really bothering me. And I just needed to get out and stop watching the news. And I sat in her office. We just talked about, you know, being here and maturing. I, I have done here more here in six months. Actually, five months. What 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 month is it? January. I've been here about five months. I've done more in Madonna than I did in one, two, three, four years. The past four years of my career, and, and that's kind of 
you have to recognize that stuff and that does come with maturity and it's and it's crazy and i'm sure anybody here listening right now can say yes i have matured here now more than i ever did you know like you said you don't i don't think you do your growing up in college like i don't think that's real at all like i was still a little kid in college i, I wasn't going to class in college like that's just how it was for me yeah so no, i mean it's it's an experience for sure i mean I was still, you know, going home every weekend and mm -hmm. home for the summer. And once I finished my undergrad, I was still living at home, which isn't a, it's not a bad thing to live at home. No. But once I really was out on my own, I was able to kind of just look at myself and say, hey, who do I want to be? Who Who is grown-up Alicia? Because I didn't know. I was still the kid that went to Disneyland during the week because I had a Disney pass. And <laughs> that was it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's that. I like how you like to brag there for a second that you had a little Disney pass. That's kind of funny because none of us like you have no idea. There's a butt ton of snow on the ground right now. We can't just hop on a plane and get in there, but that's pretty neat. Um, it was great all through college. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to kind of go back on some things you said uh, during your kind of your your summary, your background, basically. Um, you were calling games with what's was a was a man basically and you knew more than he did obviously that was quite evident and i can tell you um what i do a lot and what i read i read a lot by the way what i read a lot about is men's health and men's mentality and kind of how men in general have basically evolved over the past couple hundred years to being what we are today whether it be pos's or good men basically right being and, and men being good at being men so it's always funny to me because in every single one of these books and every single one of these articles that I pull up, the bravado of I know sports, I know what I'm talking about. That is mm -hmm. like, and that is the, the assumption that we have. I can tell you right now, my favorite sport is football. I love college football. I have mm -hmm. no effing clue the X's and O's. I don't care. I just want to watch a good game. And that's just how it yeah. is for me. So uh, what was it like kind of working through that with somebody else? Um, obviously, he had his mom to kind of put him in his place. But uh, I mean, what was kind of going on in your brain a little bit during all that? So I actually, we, um, we had a, like a group of us that would call the baseball and softball games. I was the only girl in that group towards the end of my undergrad. And some, you know, some of the older guys or the the more macho guys, the star, the big star players, mm -hmm. they would think they knew what they were talking about. They'd say something, and then I'd kind of pipe up and be like, "It's called a slap. It's mm -hmm. just not. It's not a running bunt. It's you know, this is what it is." And they would kind of get annoyed, and I would just brush it off like, "Whatever. I know what I'm talking about. The parents know what I'm talking about. Um, they'll get over it." And the guy that called the two run grand slam is actually one of my really, really, really good friends. Um, we would, there was a group of us that would all go out and get food after games, uh, even after even when I was a GA and I technically was like a supervisor, sort of. Um, we'd still go out and hang out, and he just brushed it off. He was He's a goofball. Mm -hmm. um, but the other guys who you know thought they knew what they were talking about, they would just kind of roll their eyes and like, whatever. So I just kind of did the same back at him and said, you guys know what I'm talking about. But as we worked together a little bit more, you know, I was a pitcher and there was a certain count. They'd say, hey, Alicia, you're in the situation. What's going through your head? And that's when I kind of, it felt like we were more on a, like a level playing field. I earned yeah. the respect. They, they know that I, they knew that I knew what I was talking about. I wasn't just saying something to bug them. I was 
I knew what I was doing. So it was, it was nice yeah, to that It's kind of a hard hurdle to overcome because you see that all the time on Twitter of, of you know, women that work for, whether it be social media or, or being an SID, a football SID, basically, um, mm-hmm. or what have you, just, you know, posting something about the Panthers or the Reds or football team, excuse me, or any mm-hmm. other team. And people just come at them in the comments, like, it's actually this and this, like, this, you don't know the situation. And they're like, I work here. And that's, that's what's kind of, it's another thing to me that, Men, and I, I know I'm a, obviously I'm a man, but like, I, I like to call out men a lot on this show. If you haven't, if you, mm-hmm. if you go back and listen to an episode, you'll know that a lot, but um, it, they feel safe and they feel brave online, mm-hmm. which when you confront somebody in person now, there's nothing. It's just crickets the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, it's bad. I mean, um, I've been able to talk to Melanie Newman a few times. She's the one that just got hired by the Orioles last season. And I follow her a lot. And she'll post about pretty often the comments that people like her get, people, um, the women that are in the spotlight. And I'm lucky because I'm at a small school. Mm-hmm. The male population doesn't really care what I have to say, nor do they really know who's saying it. Because as an SID, you're behind the scenes. They don't know that you're doing it. But when you're in that that spotlight kind of, that's when it's it's just going to be so much harder for you, but they don't back down. You don't see them saying, you're right. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Or just Jessica Mendoza has taken so much crap over the years. And I mean, I grew up playing softball, idolized her um, as a player. And I, you know, she's gotten better every year instead of just taking this criticism, stepping away and saying, maybe I'm not the best at this. She's used that and just propelled herself. She's still, I mean, she's not the best. I love Jessica Mendoza. She's not the best but she's getting better and she's trying she's not letting the boys get her down yeah yeah um yeah i don't know where i was gonna go with that but um yeah it's i don't know and many other men that listen don't know the headspace that a lot of women in sport are in like, mm-hmm. because I have had, I've had a lot of women on this show and they always tell me that like, they're, they're, there's always a story of somebody coming in and just saying, my, hell, my former boss in Indiana, she had tons of stories of, mm-hmm. can you do this job? You know? Yeah. Like she, mm-hmm. they did without even knowing her resume of being at other power fives. Like mm-hmm. that's what kind of, those are the stories that bother me to hear. And I know that like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't sitting here, I can't do much about it other than be who I am and continue to do the work that I do and preach the gospel that I, mm-hmm. that I do. But yeah. what is it like kind of for women in the sport industry just to kind of lift each other up a little bit or, and even trying to get the men involved and in, in supporting women in sport too, right? I have been so lucky when it comes to things like that. The AD we had at Concordia was so supportive of everybody. Um, the SID that ended up coming on when I was a grad assistant was a female, and it didn't matter to him. He just wanted somebody to do the job well. Um, when I came here, we have a female AD here, and actually, the majority of our department's female. All but one of our admin is, is female. Um, so that kind of helps, and it's just it's not being hired because you're a female. Mm. She's hiring the person who's best for the job, regardless of gender. 
um, which is something I really respect, and we do a kick-ass job here. Um, it does get hard dealing with some of, like, the male coaches that have been around for a while, and this goes for any department I've been a part of, especially being, I mean, I was 23 when I started here. I was a kid. Um, so going up to talk to a coach that's been here for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, it's intimidating. And it's also, you have to earn their respect too. Um, like I'm sure when Zach was here, he had a different like relationship with the coaches than I do now. Um, and that stems from a, maybe like a coach assuming that you don't know their sport very well. It, it's, it makes it that much more gratifying when you do something and they're like, oh, that's awesome. Or, yeah. Like I didn't catch that. It's just stuff like that. Um, and we only have, we have one female head coach. So it, it's, we have a lot of male coaches. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it, it's, I'm just kind of losing my train of thought here completely. No, you're good. I'll also kind of but, add in that it's like a little bit, uh, and I'm sure that they don't mean it this way either, but it does feel like ageism a little bit too. Yes. Just because like yeah. I'm young, you know? The the SID that was here right before I was, she ended up sticking around for the last two years to kind of be like an assistant. Mm -hmm. She was the SID um, at the University of Idaho, which is only 40 minutes from here. And it was a completely different relationship between her and some of the older, co older, older coaches and myself, just because she was older and she had that experience, whereas they see me as a kid. I get asked a couple times every year if I'm a student here. I'm 26. I look, <laughs> yeah. but I like. I had a student athlete in my office last year. Um, he was the newspaper was coming to talk to him, so I just we were doing the interview here in my office. Um, and he comes in, and this is his second year here. It was my second year here, and he sits down. And he goes, "So, have you graduated yet?" I just kind of looked at him like, uh, "I just finished my master's, if that's what you mean." Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't go here? You're in my office. You're sitting in my office. My name they is on the door. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, they don't just give offices to student workers. Like, this is my job. Mm -hmm. So I've run that a couple of times, but I just feel like, again, it's like, you know, I'm in my third year here and coaches have kind of gotten the hang of how I do things. I've gotten used to how they, how they do things. Um, another piece is, I mean, I was the, I was the only full-time SID in the Frontier Conference, a full-time female SID in the Frontier Conference. Um, so that was a bit interesting, especially, okay. So I work at Lewis Clark State College, very often confused mm. with Lewis and Clark College all Lewis the time. Um, yeah. There is no and, there's no and percent in our name. There's, it's just a hyphen. Um, and that was a battle in the Frontier Conference like no other. And there was one instance where I was texting an SID, I won't say what school, calling him, emailing him because he was calling, um, it was a playoff game for volleyball. And finally his response, because the uh, the conference SID was there as well, his response to the conference SID, once the conference SID said something was, I don't care what that little girl says. The conference SID didn't tell me this until after for a reason. He's like, I knew how you would react. Yeah. So I'm telling you now, two weeks later, and I was livid. Um, he did that SID didn't last very long, which is you know, it's fine with me. Um, <laughs> but now it was just hard because I was the the only full time female. There was a women's basketball coach who was the part time SID at one of the other schools. But now moving to we're in the Cascade now. The conference SID is a female, Sammy Wellman. Love her. Mm -hmm. Actually worked with her. Former she guest. 
Yeah, I love Sammy. So Sammy was at CBU when I was at Concordia in the Pac West. So I would deal with her and talk to her every now and then. Um, and then there's there's a couple other female SIDs in the conference, and a lot of them are newer. Multnomah's got a newer one. Abby Wilson at Warner Pacific, I love her. She's brand new, so it's kind of and she comes to me with she, with questions, and it's kind of cool to be in that position now to where people are asking me questions, um, especially you know females building up females. When she does something cool, you know. I send her text, say, hey, the new website looks awesome, or this graphic is sick, and she kind of does the same, and it's just, it's nice to have that camaraderie, I guess, and th- yeah. they're younger, too, they're younger SIDs in the Cascade, um, so it's just, it's a completely different dynamic, and it's so much more welcoming, and I just feel like there's so much good happening, because we all can kind of relate to each other. Yeah, having that kind of support network, just, in, in any instance, just, I, I have found, not that you need other people for validation. I believe you only need yourself for validation. I'm a very kind of stoke you're on fire kind of guy, but um, having that support system, finding those people, I'm also sure that it feels great to have people ask you questions about how to do things. Cause I haven't gotten to that point yet. I'm super excited whenever I do finally get to that mm-hmm. point. But uh, I think I'm actually, wait a minute, am I the youngest? I, no, I can't be the youngest. I don't know. That's just me going, I couldn't remember if I was the youngest in a conference or not, but um I might be the second youngest maybe but anyway having that support system there i mean how do you go about kind of building that up for yourself um does it does it kind of just happen because i mean i have friends now who are sids that are former guests or they're people that i met at cosida and for whatever reason we just stayed in touch and we're good friends now like how does that go about for you um and what does that look like for you moving forward when you try to build your network and build your circle around so the SID at Montana Western is probably my best SID friend. Um, he, his name's Casey. He's in the Frontier Conference. And we didn't really talk much my first year in the Frontier, but then we had our summer meeting. And just with everybody sitting around the table, he knew what he was doing. Mm. There were some people that just didn't have a clue what was going on um, or didn't care to know what was going on. And he had, you know, he had it together and, we curse on this? I don't know how that works. What? Did I say he had a shit together? You could swear. Um, I've had the F word on here before. Sweet. Okay, no, he had he had all his shit together. And that was way more than I can say about some of the other people. Mm. Um, and so we hit it off. And so whenever I had a question, I was like, I'm going to ask him because he knows what he's doing. Especially when it came to the conference. There were so many times where I would get frustrated just with people not doing what they were supposed to. Um, one of my pet peeves is people not following proper formatting. It sounds so dumb, but like roster formatting. If the roster is supposed to be formatted a certain way, just do it the way it's supposed to be done. Just there, There's a reason they tell you to format it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and even today, I mean, yeah, we're in different conferences now, but I talk to him probably three times a week. If there's something with DAC stats, I'll, shoot, I'll give him a call or shoot him a text. Um, or if we need an event session, like what I told you about before, that before we started recording, with the team that didn't send XMLs, I'll call him and just, you're never going to guess what happened. Um, So that just kind of came about because we had similar work ethics, I guess. And then the cascade, it was more of like a, Hey, I want to make a friend. I'm going to reach out to this person. Like with one of the newer SIDs, see if she needs help. Um, Because you have, we have a lot of the younger ones. So we're pretty split in the cascade. We have a group of younger and a group of guys that have been around forever. Mike Stafford. Um, I called Idaho in our conference, and he's been around forever, knows everything. So at times, it can be a little intimidating. 
um, I love him, but I'm not saying I'm scared to ask him questions, but other people might be. Yeah. So just kind of, and her being one of the only females, I just, I, I'm new to the conference, but in the group of newer, newer girls, I'm the one who's been here the longest, I guess, or being been an SID the longest. So I kind of took that initiative to say, Hey, let me know if you ever need help. I can answer questions. If I can't, I can at least tell you who can answer them. We'll call Sam Grist over at Eastern Oregon and he'll have the answers. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a mix yeah. of or Mike. that, yeah. like meeting people at World Series. Yeah. I, I find this, you know, I'm afraid to ask questions because I don't want to be wrong. I'm afraid to ask questions because I don't want to be stupid. I'm afraid to ask questions because yeah. it's going to look like I don't know. And mastery yeah. is something that a lot of people, and a lot of people don't realize this, and I've come to kind of research this a little bit more, but like people want, want to seem like they know what they're doing, so they won't ask questions or they're afraid of being wrong. And yeah. we're all guilty of it at some point in time. I mean, hell, when I was a, you know, an intern, a, a G, well, can't say GA, that was first semester, but during those kind of times when I was like, I don't quite know what I'm doing right now. And there's even times now to where I'm at my full-time spot here in Michigan. And I have to ask Zach or somebody else, like, hey, how did you do this? Like, I'm like, you can be good at really, like, you can be really good at some stuff. And you still don't know how to do a few things. Like I'm still fairly new to InDesign. I finally made it my own game program. I took my sweet ass time with it. And then I put it out and it looks beautiful. And I can't wait to play games actually. But yeah, um, there is a mental barrier that comes with asking questions. I, I Now, I think when you stop learning, that's when you get behind and you become a dinosaur. But um how did you kind of break the barrier? Obviously, you kind of said to your newer SID in the conference, like, hey, you're kind of new. Uh, they might be afraid to ask questions, uh, which I love, by the way. Um, it kind of makes me think of a few people in our conference. But um, actually, that being said, it might be the third youngest. Anyway, um, I might uh, might give him a call. But how did you kind of break through that barrier? I mean, there, there's no harm in, in picking up a phone and asking somebody a question or even picking up a phone and asking somebody how they're doing right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's, I've always been the type of person that prefers a phone call to a text. Um, some people hate it, but that's just how I am. Um, and if something doesn't look right in DAC stats, I mean, all of us in the NAI know what a pain in the butt DAC stats can be. Um, so I'm not afraid to, you know, call up Sam Grist and say, hey, I've got a stupid question for you. Um, and just kind of own it and be like, I don't know everything. You seem to know everything when it comes to this you know, why am I having this issue? Or I'll call um, my friend over at Western and say, hey, does this sound like a super problem? Have you ever had this issue? Um, and just, you know, figure out where, whether it's like something on my end or if it's, you know, like where the problem originating. If it's something that I haven't learned yet or if something's not working, I'm not afraid to just call people and say, I have a stupid question. And because most people will say one, you know, there's no stupid questions, which there are 100% stupid questions, but you're allowed to ask stupid questions. You're allowed to have those moments because with everything that we have going on, there's no way you can master everything, especially, I mean, I'm a one woman shop and I'm in charge of a stream and stats and writing and graphics and whatever else people ask me to do. So there's no way I'm going to know everything. And I think once you realize that it's easier to ask those questions. I think people kind of 
overexert themselves a little bit, especially when it comes to, to knowing everything. And there, there's people that are like, I'm jack of all trades. I wear many hats, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. How good are you at those things? That's kind of mm -hmm. my counter question to a lot of that. Um, because you can be, a, be able to do many things, but can you do those things well is one thing that, yeah. I, that I think about quite a bit. And it's like, I kind of tell myself sometimes like, okay, I know how to do design pretty well. Um, mm -hmm. I can stat pretty well. I can write pretty well. But man, when it comes to the administrative stuff and it comes yes. to kind of doing the budget and things like that, I there is room for growth. And I'm not going to pretend like I know what the hell yeah. I'm talking about. Because someday somebody's going to call me out on it and I'm, I'm going to look really dumb then. And I'm going to have a reason to feel really stupid. But um, those are just my thoughts on that. Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. You um, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's kind of what I try to do. I mean, if I'm not if I'm not going to put out something that doesn't look good, that I'm not happy with, I'm not going to half-ass, for example, a story on something that I don't have all the facts about just to get something out. I'm going to focus on what I can do well and call over to our communications office, our PR specialist, and say, hey, I don't have all the know-how for this he, he's worked in the newspaper. He was our SID way back when we first started having an SID. And I'm going to learn from him. I'm going to hand the story over to him. You know, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. And I'm going to learn. I'm going to see how he does it and learn from that. I'm not going to put out something that doesn't look good or read well, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we're bumping against, uh, ugh, excuse me, stroke. We're bumping up against time here real quick. So uh, I would like to ask you some fun questions, if that's all right with you. Yep. Cool. So uh, in your professional tenure, what's your uh, favorite memory? Um, professionally, so there's two. Okay. Um, when I was at CMS, we hosted the national tournament for tennis, and we the women won on our home courts. And that was pretty cool to be able to be a part of that. And they still use the pictures that I took on different things. They just posted something the other day. I was like, hey, that's mine. <laughs> um, and then my first year here, um, our men's basketball team, we drove over to Helena, Montana to play Carroll for the Frontier Conference Championship, and we won. We, we, it was a pretty good win. Like, we won by, I don't want to say 20 points, but somewhere in that range. Um, but just being able to go to Montana for the first time and experience um, 20 below, that was weird, but it was it sucked. It was cold, but it was yeah. a fun experience. I think um... – and this is just a side note. Like, I'm not scared of the cold anymore being up here. Like, I go run outside. It's like I'm not afraid. I read a book. Um, I don't know if it's over there or not. Uh, Endurance. It's about Ernest Shackleton's uh, journey to the South Pole. And mm -hmm. um, the problem is when they got there, the ice crushed the boat. So they were all stranded, 28 men. It was supposed to be 27 mm -hmm. men. They picked up a stowaway in uh, Argentina, and then mm -hmm. they, it was 28 men. So you, now you've got stranded, food, situations yeah. like that. And they were stranded for two years. And they were talking about the conditions down there. And it's like, you know, negative 10 without the wind and stuff like that. There's 70 to 100 mm -hmm. mile per hour winds, and you're mm -hmm. soaking wet the entire time for two mm -hmm. years. And sometimes when I look at my weather app and I'm like, man, it's 30 degrees outside. I really don't want to run outside. I think about them mm -hmm. and I'm like, I could probably suck it up. Yeah. 
I never, I never, I'm from Southern California. It was, it's sunny and 75 at Christmas. So yeah. when it's I sit outside. I made my first snow angel. I made my first snowman out here. I still don't like the cold, but. No, you don't have to like it, but uh, it's all about perspective sometimes. And at least for yeah. me, because I've, I've endured a lot of cold in my life. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. On the other side of the coin, uh, what's your biggest horror story, if you have one? Horror story. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a horror story. Um, I mean, I've had so many late nights during the World Series. We, the first night, we, um, it was a massive rain delay. The last game didn't start till 10 o'clock. I didn't leave the field till 2. Had to be back at 6 in the morning. Mm. It's just, you know, it's part of the job. It's what you sign up for. But that, that kind of sucked. And then, I mean, you don't always love where you work. I've worked in places where there was one place I worked and I went home crying almost every day. But it makes you stronger, <laughs> I guess, is what I think. It's still Perspective, in the moment. yes. <laughs> Yeah. All about perspective. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, I got one. Sorry, one more. It's kind of back to cold when I. So, this is not a horror story. This is the cool, really cool part. I interned at the Ryder Cup in 2016. That's pretty neat. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It was in Minnesota. So, we flew out to, we stayed at Concordia, St. Paul. There were no heaters. It was October ish in Minnesota. There were no heaters in the dorms. And it was. I mean, at the time, it was the coldest I'd ever been in. So I'm I'm sleeping in, you know, layers, my jeans, a long sleeve shirt. I washed my hair, and I was worried my hair was going to freeze. And it was just some of the most, some of the most just terrible nights I've ever spent anywhere. But I was at the Ryder Cup, so I guess it was okay. Yeah, kind of kind of makes it all better. Um, yeah. What's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Um, I didn't start doing premier work until last year. So I really just want to get better at that. And that's what a lot of coaches ask for. And I think that's where a lot of things are shifting is video work. Um, okay. And then I think it's always learning how to communicate with people better, just because there's so many different types of people in this industry, whether it's other SIDs or coaches or administrators, everybody's so different. Yeah. Awesome. So that's always been sticking. Um, when you're not in the office, what are you doing to have fun? So um, I am engaged. So we're working on planning the wedding. We're getting married in June, fingers crossed, because it's in Southern California. Um, and then we, we got a puppy about a year and a half ago. What's, what's his name? He's, his name is Hunter. And my fiance's last name oh, is Fisher. Wife. So he's Hunter Fisher. He's adorable. He smiles and he just loves to cuddle. I love it. And then um, normally in a non-COVID year, I help uh, softball team at Lewis in high school. Just okay. I love the game. I love going out to the batting cages here. Um, the coach lets me in, and I just hit off a tee, or sometimes I'll just go pitch. My fiance was a catcher. He played pro ball, so he'll catch for me. Awesome. Um, yeah, good luck with getting married. I've got a. I've got two weddings this year, apparently. I've never been to a wedding before in my life. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I've videotaped many weddings. I've, gone, I've been the videographer at weddings. Didn't pay a lick of attention to anything that was going on. I'm getting married mm -hmm. now in 2022 and and actually believe it or not oh i should probably write this down actually i don't think i need to write it down february 1st is going to be one year of us being engaged but um so it's, it's going to be kind of long but i told her all this and she's like you never paid attention to the wedding and i'm like i i don't know what's going on <laughs> i'm just gonna be i'm just gonna like show up like i don't know what to do well it's like when you're standing in a game I'll be standing and someone asks me what the score is. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't watched the game mm -hmm. or I had a player ask me, 
what's different from the last time I played this game? Like, I don't know. I've been staring at a keyboard. I don't know. I haven't yeah. watched the game. Yeah. Same idea. Yep. Same, same concept there. Um, next mm -hmm. time somebody is in the Lewiston area, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Zone 208 has the best wings I've ever had, but Casey's Burgers has the best burgers I've ever had. If Hold you're on. going for fun. I'm texting right, Zach. Well, I'm texting Zach to tell him why the hell he never told me. Yeah. Casey's Burgers is so good. But then there's Effie's that has burgers that are, yeah, you can't, I mean, it's a podcast, but they're one pound burgers and they're like eight inches in diameter. So. I, I love burgers and wings. And anytime somebody ever comes on this show and just, you know, I've got to have, a, I've got to, I got to hire somebody to go back and listen to my episodes, but. Um, I got to make a page with all the recommendations, but anytime anybody, some, it, someone comes on here and says, there's a great wing spot. These are the best wings I've ever had. I kind of keep a little mental note of it on where to go. So mm -hmm. yeah. It's a total home um, It's a bar and you walk in, you can still smell the smoke from when it was a smoking bar, but the wings, my fiance loves wings and he says it's the best Buffalo sauce around. Cool. Cool. Um, if anybody mm -hmm. wanted to get in touch with you, uh, had any questions for you, uh, what would be the best way to do it? I always have my phone on me, so email is – I answer my – it's so bad. I respond to my emails pretty much instantaneously when I get them or texts. And then I am on Twitter. I don't tweet much, but I am on Twitter. I like to read other things, and I respond to messages on there. Perfect. Awesome. Well, uh, Alicia, thank you very much for coming on. We all really do appreciate it. It was fun.